All right, grab your Bible tonight, turn over to Luke chapter number 11. Thank you for that special. Luke chapter number 11 tonight. Well, praise the Lord. Isn't it nice to be in church tonight among all the sick people? Amen. I'll tell you what. People say you come to church and don't get anything. I don't believe that for a moment. We are sharing believers. Amen. More blessed to give than to receive. Unless it's that cough. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Thanks for being here tonight. Church, I want to look at Luke chapter 11. And let's start with the first verse. And you'll figure out where we're going real quickly to, uh, this evening. In verse number 1, Jesus is going to be speaking to the disciples. And he says this in verse 1. And it came to pass... That is, as he was praying a certain, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, let's say the question together, you ready? Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. I want to talk to you for just a little bit on that thought this morning, or this evening, excuse me, on Lord, teach us uh, to pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, again, help us all tonight to really have a desire for that, that, Father, that you would teach us to pray, how to talk to you. And uh, Father, thank you again for this story. <coughs> Lord, the principles, as we look at them tonight, uh, help us to have an understanding heart. And may we do what you taught. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, if we were the disciples and we were with Jesus, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to be able to hear him pray? Can you imagine Jesus, who was the Son of God, who was at one with the Father, that when he talked to the Father, knew exactly what to say and how to say it? The disciples must have heard some really interesting but miraculous things when you think about it that God the Son talking to God the Father and so here after Jesus gets done finishing his prayer they ask Jesus hey Jesus would you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray church family I don't know about you but I would imagine the Wednesday night crowd is I would think that group of people that tries to have a walk with God has their devotions on a regular basis at least I would think that one person's statistics says that in the average church that only 25% of a congregation actually reads their Bible sometime during the week. That's hard to believe. I would hope on this Wednesday night crowd that you're one of those people that you're routine, regular. That when you get up tomorrow morning, you're, you have a time of prayer and you have a time of Bible reading before you start the day. <clears throat> that before you talk to another, you would talk to him. Jesus is now about to teach the disciples and he does it in four areas, which those are the four areas I want to talk about tonight and it's very, very interesting to me that in, from Jesus' question in verse number one, the first thing Jesus does, he gives them a pattern of prayer. As soon as he gets done with that, he goes into the parable, the parable of importunity. He goes into the parable of prayer. After that, he gives a promise of prayer. And then after the promise of prayer, he gives a picture, a very vivid picture of what prayer really is. I want to look at those four things tonight with you. And again, I'll be as brief as possible tonight, but the same token, I would like for you to think about your prayer life tonight. I would like for you to think about what is it like to talk to God? the one who created you, as well as the universe. He hears our prayers. And so Jesus here is going to teach us about that. Now tonight, uh, the first one I would think might be a little bit review because I believe so strongly in the model prayer. That's exactly what Jesus is going to about to, about to teach these uh, disciples here. Let's back, look back at verse number one again. The question was, in verse number one, Lord, teach us to pray. Now look what Jesus says next in verse number two. And he said unto them, when ye pray, now I just want you to go ahead and Say the word say. What does Jesus say? He says, when ye pray, what's the next word? You know, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we shun the model prayer because the Roman Catholics use the model prayer. I had a rosary, and I have a rosary in my office. I use it every, I'm just joking. I I have a rosary in my office. And um, to be honest, I don't even know where I got it. I use it for illustrative purposes. 
I remember the first time I saw a rosary. I was probably about 17, 16, 17 years old. I was in a nursing home in Sog Village. And I remember coming into this um, hallway at the nursing home, and there was this lady that had these prayer beads, and she was mumbling, and she was, had her finger on a particular bead. And I had never seen anything like that before, and I'd asked somebody, and they said, well, that lady there, she's doing the rosary. I didn't know what the rosary was. I still don't really fully understand. From what I understand, there's 10 prayers to the rosary or sections of that rosary. And at the beginning of each of those sections, you're supposed to say the Lord's Prayer or what we would call the model prayer. But just for me, the model prayer is not a repetition of words. The model prayer are actually words that we say from our heart that really give us the topics or themes of what we're supposed to be going to God on a regular basis. Tonight, I'm not going to teach the elementary side of this because we could, I could spend the whole message on just simply the model prayer. But the model prayer is for us to pray to God. I pray the model prayer every day of my life. But we do not pray the model prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We don't do that. At least we're not supposed to. The model prayer is not a repetitious cliche that we say that is supposed to get the ear of God. The model prayer is the thoughts or themes of what we're supposed to pray about on a regular basis in our life. Quickly tonight, can I repeat the obvious? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You should start your prayer off by praising God. Hallowed be thy name. And God's been very good to you. And you, you should not be without words to be able to tell him that. So when you start your personal prayer time, it ought to be, God, you're great. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your friendship. God, you are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You are good. You're God. You, you should just, it should overflow on the greatness of how good God is to us. Sometimes we talk about how good God is and then how good God is to us. And there's so much more we could talk about. But can I just tell you the model prayer? It's not about, it's not about our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and go right on to the next thing. It's our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's just stop for a moment and tell you how good you are to me. So the model prayer is in sections. And church family, I hope by now after these years of being a member here, coming here that you've figured out that the model prayer is not some Roman Catholic statements that we use. The model prayer is exactly that. In fact, the model prayer is mentioned twice in the scriptures. The first time is on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 through 13. And Jesus says, after this manner, pray ye. In this particular passage in Luke, this is where the disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray. He said, when ye pray, say. So there's nothing wrong with us doing the model prayer. Can I be real frank before I just jump onto these next things tonight? Every morning when I get up the model prayer, the model prayer now is in my mind as far as its sections. And so when I pray those sections, I'll pray and then pray the section. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, thank you for who you are. Not that I say that every morning, but I just want to stop and just thank you for how good you've been to me. Thank you for good health. and Thank you for my family. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you for staff. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve. And on and on and on, your mercy, your grace, your kindness, your love to me. I start that way. And then I, in my mind, mentally, thy kingdom come, the next phrase of the model prayer, is where I go next, and I'll take a few moments. God, thank you the rapture could take place right now. Thank you that we'll meet you in the air and be in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. And Lord, may I do my best for you today that you might be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
and I'll go through the, the idea of Christ coming back and being with him. Because we're supposed to be mindful of that. That's what we're supposed to pray. The sec- next section of that is, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I'll say those phrases, but I don't just pray that phrase. I think that theme, that thought. And again, I've taught this in length before, but there are six things in scripture that is the will of God for your life. It's God's will for you to be a servant, to give your life to God. It's God's will for you to be a soul winner and tell people about Jesus Christ. It's God's will for you to be sanctified by putting the scriptures in on a regular basis. It's, it's God's will for you to be uh, submissive to his will. It's God's will for you to be satisfied in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. It's God's will for you to uh, be willing to suffer for his sake. There are certain things in the scriptures God says his will. I, I don't mean to bore you tonight, but I'm just telling you, I cannot tell you how important it is for you to grab a hold of that your prayer time is the model prayer. So the disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus says, I already told you this before. I know that's not in the scripture, but church family, Matthew chapter five, Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount. He already told them the, the model prayer. In this particular passage, this is after the fact, he says, let me remind you, this is how you're supposed to pray. Quickly tonight, let me just show you the next things now. And again, not going into these detail, obviously we could and take a message just on each one of these tonight. So Jesus continues on. If you follow with me now, look back at your Bible, Luke chapter 11, verse number two. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Third phrase, thy will be done in earth. I'm sorry, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Next phrase, give us day by day our daily bread. Next phrase, and forgive us our (coughs) sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Next phrase, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Of course, the Matthew side of that, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Then he goes to the next thing after he gives them the pattern of prayer, teaching them to pray. Now he's going to go into this parable. Just remember, look at your Bible now, verse number five. Verse number five says, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So show me the parable here is in verse number five through verse number eight. So Jesus, again, is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to teach you how to pray. First thing I'm going to do is give you the pattern on the pray. This is what you're going to do. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then Jesus jumps into this parable next, and he says, there was this fellow he had a friend come to his home and it's midnight and so he doesn't have any bread so he goes to his next door neighbor and knocks on his door and says hey listen somebody's come unexpected it's midnight would you please give me three loaves of bread and he says hey ask me tomorrow everybody's in bed if I get up you can imagine a one-room home if I get up everybody's gonna be up he says nah you don't understand he's at my house right now I need the food right now the Bible says that in this particular parable, this earthly story, that he didn't open, the, open his door and give him the bread because he was his friend. He, he opened the door because of his importunity. Importunity is that importance of a request that would cause you to ask again and again and again. The idea of persistence. And of course, he opened up and he says, okay. And it's interesting, he didn't just give him three loaves. He gave him as many as needed. Just remember, can I tell you that all of us should be like the disciples, teach us to pray. And God says, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to tell you what to say. But then it's not just a matter of just saying those words. It's being importunate about it. How many people are hitter and missers when it comes to their prayer time? 
Tomorrow they might get up and have their devotions, but then skip it for two or three days. Hey, can I just tell you that importunity is coming to God on a regular basis. And that's the story behind this parable is that this person came and kept knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. You don't have to have an emergency in your life to pray with importunity. You can pray with importunity when it comes to your children and and God protect them and keep them and help them to turn out for you and Lord help them to marry well and find them what you what your will is for their life. That should be with importunity. That should be something that you pray for again and again and again and again. Importunity is not just for I've got a sick kid. It's a matter of life and death. I've got a problem in my marriage. We might get a divorce. And yes, importunity is for those times also. But can I just tell you the idea of Jesus teaching them to pray was, hey, listen, this is how you're supposed to pray. Again and again and again. Importunity to ask again and again. Then Jesus goes to the promise. All right, look what he says next here in the promise here. He's teaching them to pray in verse number nine. He says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh Findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Just me, in this promise, he says, if you ask, you'll get an answer. He says, if you'll seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open unto you. You can see the progression. Asking is with your mouth. Seeking is with your eyes. Knocking, I'd say with your hand. You see the progression when it comes to our prayer time. Uh, asking would be prayer. Seeking with your eyes would be the scriptures. Knocking could be doing or fasting. There's a progression here. He says, listen, if you're going to get your prayers answered, there has to be a desire, a want to, a progression. Hey, can I just tell you that so many of us, our prayers, if we're not careful, become so shallow and they become empty. In other words, there's, not, there's no heart behind what we're saying. It, it's almost to the place where, Heavenly Father, bless this food of our body. In Jesus' name, Amen. It's almost as if we're saying the same thing again and again without thinking about what we're saying. Hey, can I tell you, when it comes to talking to God, he's sitting on the throne and he hears us as we pray. And the disciples tell Jesus, Jesus, would you at least teach us how to pray? And he says, okay, I'm going to tell you what to say. And I'm going to give you the pattern. He says, after that, I'm going to give you a parable. The parable is to teach you. It has to be again and again and again and again with importunity. And then I'm going to give you a promise. If you'll use the model prayer with importunity, ask and you'll receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So many of us ask, seek, and knock in the sense of prayer, but not really believe the Lord's going to do anything. God promises us that he'll do that. You know, we have a tendency to ask people for things, but we only ask people for things that we know are capable of fulfilling what we're asking. I want to tell you there's a God in heaven. He's capable of anything. And we should pray as if he's capable of anything. And then he closes it with a picture. Now tonight I've again tried to hurry and I hope not that you won't miss what Jesus is trying to teach here, the disciples. He says, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you a story about being importunate about your prayers. He says, I want to give you a promise. If you ask, seek and knock, what will take place? But then he closes with this. And I want you to notice what he says. Look at your Bible, verse number 11. If, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? 
Or if he asks a fish, will he give, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Church, I mean, Jesus closes his teaching on how to pray with a picture. The picture is the father-son relationship. He says if a son asks for a piece of bread or a fish or an egg, is he going to get the opposite? I like what he says there in that last verse, in verse number 13. If ye then being evil, he's talking about the father-son relationship. If you who is mortal and has a sin nature, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father, who is not evil, who has no sin nature, give the Holy Spirit and truthfully give us all things. The Spirit of God is the third head of the Godhead. I'm just trying to get you to see tonight that the picture is simply this. We don't go to God as if he's just the creator. We go to God because he's our father. God puts it into a relationship form of understanding. This is not just about getting a petition granted from a king. This is about getting a request from a father. Uh, Seth gets done this week. He's at college, and uh, this week he'll be traveling back home and you know, working on a business degree. And uh, This year's been unusual for Seth as far as uh, work and having an accident there with his vehicle and just several other things that have taken place there. And, uh, and uh, Seth kind of surprises me, to be honest with you, because Seth was the one that did not want to go away to college and stayed back an extra semester so he could work a secular job so he could have his own money because he doesn't want to take any money from me which I'm thankful for, and that was commendable. But, you know, you get to a place in your life where, you know, when you have an accident, loss of a job, and several other things, and you're a thousand miles away, you only got one person you can call. I don't think he called you. I wish he would have. You know, I want to just tell you, and you know as well as I, if you're a father, there is nothing you would do for your children. If it was within your, if it was within your power, you'd do it for them. You know why? Because you're their father. If we then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more? Trisha, do you understand our prayers to God, it's a father-son relationship. When you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you became joint heirs with Christ and a son of the heavenly father or daughter. Hey, can I just tell you, you have an opportunity to talk to the Lord, not as just Lord and not just as God, but as father. And your father wants to, wants to help you. So here you have the disciples coming to Jesus. Said, Jesus, would you at least teach us to pray? We hear you pray and we hear you talking to God. Would you tell us how to do that? And so Jesus spells out the words for them. And then he says, take those words and do it with importunity. Church family, yes, pray tomorrow morning. But pray the next morning too. And the next morning. And the next morning. Have importunity where you're coming to God on a regular basis. And understand that by faith, I have a promise. He that asketh, receiveth. 
He that seeketh, findeth. He that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. I have a promise that I'm not praying in vain. And I think what really touches this whole thing off that makes it complete is when you think about the father-son relationship. That your heavenly father, he wants you to talk to him. You know, our kids sometimes miss out on what they could have just simply because they don't talk to their father. And I know it's a parent relationship. God gave a husband and wife. But can I just tell you on a spiritual side of things, you're missing out on a lot in life when you figure it out that it's just a matter of going to the father. I wish my marriage was better. Then go to the father with some importunity. I wish my job was better. Then go to the father with some importunity. I wish my children were turned out for God. Then go to the father with some importunity. Hey, the father is capable of fulfilling every desire that you have. But the problem is, is we don't look at him as our father. The problem is we don't come with importunity. The problem is, is that we don't claim the promises of scripture that if I ask, he'll hear me. If I seek, I'll find. If I knock, he'll open. Teach us to pray. I think Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And I think he taught us too. And so many times we miss it. He taught them what to say by giving them the pattern. He taught them how to say it by giving them a parable. He taught them the promise for getting it by telling them to ask and to seek and to knock. And then he wrapped it all together with the sweetest picture you could ever come up with. And it's a parent-child relationship. Hey, your father wants to hear you pray. And he, he wants to hear more than, God, would you please bless the day today? You know what he wants to hear? Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, thank you for loving me and saving me. Thy will be done. Father, may I not do my will today, but yours today. Forgive us of our debts. Lord, please forgive me for this, 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 and this. God, lead us not in temptation. God, would you please help me to avoid temptation and abstain from all appearance of evil? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I want to tell you, if you'll get into a habit of having the pattern and do it with importunity, you can claim a promise because you have a heavenly father that wants to take care of his children. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight? We would think that prayer is one of the easiest things for the Christian to do, but sometimes it's the hardest thing for us to do. Don't make going before the throne a hard thing. It's easy. It's easy. Don't say, I don't know what words to say. God already told you what words to say. Follow the pattern. Do it with importunity. Claim the promise. And watch your heavenly father take care of you. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight.